It was a typical Tuesday, and that meant I was heading to church staff meeting. I was relieved to be slowing down some after the previous week was rather busy. The previous week, I had directed a Midsummer Night's Dream with our upper school students. We rehearsed Monday and Tuesday, then put on shows both Thursday and Friday in our beautiful school courtyard filled with oak trees. The audience watched from their lawn chairs and blankets, a perfect setting for the Shakespeare comedy. The only problem was I had the flu. I was staying home except for the rehearsals and shows because, as it is often said, the show must go on. The Tuesday after the show was supposed to be easier. I was one of the first to arrive at the church staff meeting and took my usual seat. One of my colleagues dropped a pen and I bent over to retrieve it. In an instant, everything changed. The room began to spin like roller coasters going right to left at 80 miles per hour nonstop. I dropped to my knees, then crawled into a nearby office with a couch, pulled myself up on the couch. I suspected right away that I had been stricken with vertigo. I had never had it before, but I had heard plenty of horror stories. Our pastor saw me grow pale, and he feared I was having a type of heart issue. The school nurse rushed to check on me, and my pulse was incredibly low, also adding fears to the more serious issue. I will leave out the gory details of vomiting, a night in the hospital, a week of needing a walker to stay upright, and a month of recovery from the vertigo. It was, it turns out, the fluid in my ears, left fermenting after the flu, which I had largely ignored for the play, that had dislodged the ear crystals responsible for our balance. The fluid just needed the right or wrong turn to reach the crystals, and bending over to reach the pen was enough. Afterwards, people asked me how I remained calm during the ordeal. So calm that some educated people thought my heart might be the problem. Thankfully, it was not. I'm fine. I could not open my eyes for days because the spinning was intolerable. How did I keep my sanity? Two things. It was scripture and poetry. I could not look at either in that condition, nor could I set up my phone for audio. I had to have it from memory. It had to already be there before this problem arrived. I certainly recited a lot of Psalm 23. I could imagine leading me beside still waters, and that was very calming. But one poem made the biggest impact, and it kept in my heart and mind repeating over and over, and it kept me from going absolutely crazy while being trapped in darkness for days. And the poem was Invictus by William Ernst Henley. And this is how it goes. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fail clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Well, William Ernest Henley was born in 1849 and lived to 1903, and he knew something of severe tragedy, uh, tragedy he could not control. He was a poet and a literary editor during the Victorian era Britain. He suffered from tuberculosis in his knee, that's what they called it back then, and it caused significant pain and led to the amputation of his left leg when he was only 12 years old. As an adult, Henley spent three years in a hospital while doctors performed experimental treatments to save his remaining leg. During his time in the hospital, Henley wrote some of his best poems, including Invictus. 
The title is Latin for the word unconquerable, and the poem encourages its readers to remain in control of their soul regardless of their problems. Invictus, as I mentioned, the Latin word for unconquerable, and the theme unconquerable permeates the poem. In the opening lines, Henley paints a bleak picture for himself using dark images like night and pit. Yet he jumps from an opening of bleak suffering to the item that is unconquerable, his soul. Stanza two talks of suffering that comes from the randomness of life, circumstance and chance. He describes his harsh condition with words that denote aggressive attacks, fell, clutch, and bludgeoning. Despite these pains that are outside of his control or reasonable explanation, he remained resolute, refusing to publicly display his pain, crying, nor bowing to the imaginary forces that plagued him. The author did not believe that his difficult situation would improve with better geography since this, quote, this place of wrath and tears, unquote, will only be replaced by the horror of the shade. He lacks optimism of an improved state of being. No amount of wealth or a life of perpetual vacation can change his circumstances. Even as the future appears contrary to his favor, he once again stands firm that he will not submit to fear. The final stanza gives a major challenge to remain unconquered. No matter the size of his real or imaginary prison, straight the gate, or the length of his sentence, punishment the scroll, he will remain the one in control of his outlook and his essence or soul. No, no circumstance, no matter how awful, can take those precious things away. During our lives, we all face tragedy that is beyond our control. Life-altering disease, a serious accident, financial crisis, or a change in family circumstances. Each can radically change our daily existence and emotionally bring us to a place of saying, why me? It is hard to accept the truth that we will never live in a perfect world. When we adopt an attitude of surrendering to our circumstances, we make surviving our challenges almost impossible. As Christians, we may be the captain of our souls, but Jesus Christ is the king. He ultimately rules and does give us hope of a brighter future in heaven. And since our souls belong to Christ, we should not turn them over freely and easily to the pains of this life. Henley wrote Invictus while facing the potential loss of his remaining leg. He no doubt faced physical and mental suffering from his afflictions. The disease that ravished his body was not due to neglect or poor choices, but was rather a random fell clutch of circumstance which he was forced to confront. The author encourages us to have the stiff upper lip that the Victorian British prized so well. The poem Invictus was an encouragement to Nelson Mandela as he served decades in a South African prison. And the poem also helped a school teacher and administrator stay calm during a very difficult time. Not because it promised a brighter future, but instead it demanded that regardless of the circumstances, we remain unconquerable. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode. And until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.